This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Saffermaster and Lady Petra of Slub USA. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0, at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out asbcash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer for sale a tube site that has full-length BDSM videos for free. The site is built on WordPress and is three years old. They are currently the only free tube providing premium BDSM videos. They regularly add user requests and user-provided content after moderation. The owner started the site out of frustration because there was nothing else out there like it and he wanted to visit such a site. It soon became popular on Reddit and business soared. The owner has decided to move on to other ventures outside the adult industry. The site's visitors come back again and again due to its uniqueness. They have over 13,000 premium videos, and most of them are 30 minutes or longer. With more videos and categories, the site can do even better. Most of the traffic is from Tier 1 countries. There's no advertising being done for the site. All the traffic is either type-in or from SEO. This is a great opportunity for someone with existing traffic. Only $269,000 U.S. dollars. Now time for this week's interview. My guests today on Adult Site Broker Talk are Saffermaster and Lady Petra from Slub USA. Hey, you guys. Thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. It's our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Oh, you said that in unison. I like that. Now, uh, Saffir Master and Lady Petra are a lifestyle-dominant, submissive couple in a 24-7, what they call a TPE, Total Power Exchange. I learned that's what that is. Now, both Lady Petra and Saffir Master are lifetime coaches, and they offer kink relationship dynamics coaching through their website, LadyPetraPlayground.com. That's a mouthful. Lady Petra and Saffir Master are the North American distributors of the new German sex toy Slub, that's S-L-U-B-B, from Germany. Slub USA, uh, slub-usa.com, is the North American distributor of the German company Slub Store. This is the first real male masturbator power tool invented by Michael Strobel and patented in eight countries. Slub has been available since 2020. So let's start out with the basics. How did the two of you meet? So we met through FetLife. I posted a seeking post. I had Mm -hmm. taken a pretty deep dive into kink and figured out who I was as a kinkster. Mm -hmm. And 
I got present to that I'm a dominant sadist and what I wanted in my life was a submissive masochist. Mm. And I was attracted to a lifestyle of kink rather than a intermittent play style of kink. And so okay. I put, a, I What's put together- the, what, would the, what would the difference of that be, by the yeah, way? So that's a great question. So very often kinksters get together for play sessions and they take on roles. We call it role play. Right. And and they take on a role of this or that and they, they have a scene and maybe they together for a weekend or maybe an afternoon or an evening. Mm-hmm. And um, and outside of their kink play, they're just back at their normal lives. Yeah. And what, what we are is a 24-7 couple. So we literally live together in a dynamic. Our dynamic is sex forward and kink forward and it's always on. It's never off. Mm. And so... You know, we scene practically every day. We do high protocol scenes every week. We have a, a lifestyle of protocols and and dynamics that are just always on. Now, now, when you say to, when you say scenes, I don't think you're talking about scene in the porn sense, right? I, some people may say it's porn. <laughs> people watched us; they would say, "You should make a movie." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. When we scene, we basically are engaged in kinky sex that may last anywhere from one to four hours, mm. and and that's a scene. And in that time, we engage in various fetishes that we enjoy. Okay. And um, and then high protocol. The difference in that is it's more protocol driven. So there's a more of a pattern and a goal of I'm Saffir Master's property as his mm. uh, collared slut. And so therefore, one of the goals of the high protocol scene is to end the scene with me being marked with a cane. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and, and by 24-7, that means any day, any time, huh? Correct. All the time. Yeah. It's always on. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Um, well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. So Right now she's training as, you know, getting herself in shape running. And so every day mm-hmm. she gets a every day she earns a PR, a personal record, she gets clit attention. So she gets to come Ooh. home and I work on her clit for as long as I like. I see. It's a reward. Well, it's a huge reward. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it is. So I'm sorry, I because I, I had uh, layman's questions about the lifestyle, which is fat sure. which is sure. fascinating. Finish your story, please. Yeah. So anyway, I created the uh, seeking post laying out exactly what I was looking for. And she responded to it. And we, uh, she reached out to me and we chatted for several months and we met a couple of months later. And then we stayed in communication for a few more months before she put herself forward to be claimed into the lifestyle. Hmm. And after that, soon after that, we moved in together. And about a year later, after her divorce was final, we Got, she 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 accepted my collar, so I collared her. In other words, you got married. In in a kink kind of, in a kink sense. But oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Not in a, not in a legal sense. Got it. Yeah. No, it's not legal, but you know, it's a very deep relationship that has way yeah. more. Um, We've both been married, so it has way more weight than either of us felt our marriages did. Yeah, there's sure. a lot more. There's a lot more emotional energy involved in the relationship because Sounds we like literally it. are having like kinky sex every day. So we're really mm. engaged in a, yeah. in a way that that we weren't when we were married. Now, 
It's interesting. You, you you talked about chatting for months before you got together. In this type of lifestyle, do you find that people are a little more cautious to meet someone, so they need to really get to know them online first? No, I don't no, think so. No, because I think few people do what we do. Yeah. A lot of people in the kink universe go to what are called munches. They meet people at munches, or they might go to a club or a dungeon. dungeon. A, what, you and, said a muncher? A munch, yeah. like a, it's Normally, it's a something that's offered perhaps at a restaurant where they get together, not huh. in kink fetish gear, but just as people. Mm-hmm. And they have a meal and they chat about kink. So they, they meet each mm. other. And I'd like, to be at the, I'd like to be at the next table. <laughs> sure, exactly. Exactly. And it allows them to start building community around what they're seeking. Yeah. And then, you know, in a more direct way, they might go to dungeons and people mm-hmm. play together in dungeons. They do what's in, what in the kink world is called pickup play. So you might meet somebody in a dungeon and think, oh, I'd like to spank her. And then you might go ask her, hey, would you like a spanking? And she might go, well, <laughs> yes, I would. And then you then you play, you see, and you make you make agreements around what the scene's going to involve. Got it. And and then you have the scene. And, and in a dungeon, there normally are dungeon monitors, you know, people monitoring to make sure that there isn't abuse occurring because mm-hmm. all of kink involves consent. Right. And so, you know, it's a it's just a way of engaging with a, an adult community in an adult play play way. Mm-hmm. We talk about how when we're young, people, uh, you know, kids have playtime at school, and when you grow up, you don't have playtime as adults. Well, what kink is? It's really just playtime for adults with adult yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, adult toys, definitely. Yeah. Um, did, by the way, um, it doesn't exist anymore, but did you ever make it to San Francisco, San Francisco, I can, I can, uh, pronounce my hometown name, uh, to the, uh, Kink Castle? I did not go to the Kink Castle, but when they had, uh, what was the big event? Because finish ball, yeah, the exotic erotic ball that was hosted Mm -hmm. there every year for like 20, 30 years. Sure. I actually got to go to the last one. Oh, okay. Um, and got to get at the cow palace and got to have that whole ah. experience of being immersed in that. Oh, you should have seen uh, the setup at uh, the King Castle. It was Gosh, quite amazing. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen pictures. Uh, totally. They had a, a event, um, which uh, Why Not used to put on, and Kink would host the closing party every year. And I <laughs> went three times, I think. Maybe it was only twice. And it was just an incredible place. Taking the tour, it was like, wow. I yeah. don't know what, I, I'm like, I don't know what goes on here, but it must be very interesting. It is. Um, <laughs> so uh, how long have you two been together? We're just coming up on four years. Oh, nice. Very, very nice. I understand you have a podcast. Uh, yeah. Tell me more about it, if you would. Great. Okay. So we do a podcast called The Kinky Cocktail Hour. And what it is, is we normally share a new, typically a new cocktail. Lady Petra is a sommelier, so she makes a new cocktail. Wow. And then, and then we have a conversation either with each other or with a kinkster that we're interviewing about some aspect of human sexuality. And our purpose is to really demystify sexuality, demystify kink. And yeah. the purpose of the podcast is to really enhance and expand our journey we started the podcast because we were having a you know, hot sex scene every day and then having a cocktail afterwards to recover while we <laughs> debriefed. 
Yeah. And in those debriefing conversations, we were like really getting into each other's heads. We were having a conversation about sex, about relationship, about kink, about agreements, about dynamics. You know, we were just really having these incredibly thoughtful, considered conversations about human dynamics. And mm-hmm. we thought, you know, we should just record this. This is really good stuff. Yeah. And we started to do that. We put an iPhone between us, actually, and we started mm. recording the conversations. And then one day we were like, you know, we ought to just podcast this. Because someone else someone might be else. in the same position we were in. Yeah. Sure. And, and sure. so we, we started to do that. And that's how we came up with the Kinky Cocktail Hour. And we started right at the beginning of COVID. It wasn't because of COVID. It was just coincidental. And because of that, we podcast every day. And so wow. we literally, we literally in three years, have generated about 600 episodes. That's amazing. And yeah, it really is. We've had incredible conversations with incredible people all over the world. We've created community amongst kinksters. This, this whole conversation we're having today about the slub came out of a conversation we had on the Kinky, on the kinky Cocktail Hour mm. with Mistress Diana Von Rigg, who's a Birmingham ball buster. And she shared. I like that Birmingham ball buster. Wow. That's three days. It's great. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She introduced us to it. And that led us to a conversation with the Strobel brothers. And that led to us getting the opportunity to have slab as a distribution product in the, in the, in North America. What are you trying to accomplish with the podcast? That's a great question. You know, we really are. I I know I asked it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, we really are committed to demystifying sexuality and demystifying kink. So okay. that's our entire agenda, you know. So, like for example, mm-hmm. yesterday we talked to a um, trans uh, trans woman who's mm-hmm. going through uh, still, sexual reassignment. Still, yeah, still waiting for procedures. Yeah, you know. Right. And and we had a conversation with her about her experience as a sexual creature. And mm. you know, we're not trans, and we're not interested in being trans, but we've had conversations with people who are in the trans journey enough Mm -hmm. that when we talk to other trans folk they're very very receptive because they get like we're not judging we're just sharing right and and we're demystifying a part of the the world for the trans community just in that aspect right it's not Mm -hmm. it's not an agenda we're just there well one of the things that comes to mind too is as kinksters going from vanilla ex marriages and the stigma, when you actually go out 24 seven as TPE couple, um, people judge right and left that you're a kinkster because obviously I have mm-hmm. a collar, you know, I always have to do the joke cause my collar actually has a double ring on it. So sometimes I'll be in public and forget my hard collars on cause it's my life. <laughs> right. And yeah. uh, I'll sure I'll, that gets some interesting looks. Oh, I do. Yes. And sometimes I'll spin it around just for the sake of not having to explain myself 5,000 times uh, and say, oh, I'm scaring the natives. I need to like turn it around. (laughs) Um, And the idea is that's a simple thing. But even with you talk about extended family, we we really as kinksters are struggling with the same things as any alternative uh, sexual orientation, like gays or trans, that family will often ostracize or friends, but you know, people don't want to know what you're up to. Well, but let's be honest. I don't really want to know what other people are up to in their bedrooms either. The <laughs> idea is I'm just living myself, my life as yeah. a sexual creature, free and authentic. Yes. But the reason the pot is so helpful is we put it out there in people's faces and say, this is just what it is. We're not weirdos. Right. We are in a loving dynamic, but yes. we like kinky things. There's nothing wrong with that. 
No, not at all. One thing you learn in this industry, in the adult uh, entertainment industry, is not to judge. And I've had such a variety of guests on Adult Site Broker Talk, and lately I've had more from the kink community, and I find it fascinating. And one thing I learned very early on, whether it be gay, whether it be trans, whether it be kink, don't judge. Just learn about it and you'll better understand other people. No, it's true. There's no right way to be. No. And there's no normal. You, there's, there's no, no such normal. thing as normal. Exactly. And what you find sexually arousing, somebody else might not. And who right. cares what you find sexually arousing? If it doesn't arouse me, why should I care what exactly. you're aroused by? It makes no sense, right? So right. yeah, so there's no there's no judgment. And and that's the the beauty of the podcast is we really get to talk to the widest range of people that I've ever had the opportunity to talk to in my life. So we've talked to public figures, we've talked to kinksters all over the world, Australia, England, Germany, France. Mm -hmm. We've talked to um, pro doms, we've talked to sex workers, we've talked Mm -hmm. to advocates, we've talked to political activists, we've talked to- Media influencers. Media influencers, physicians, Mm -hmm. you know, we've we've had a, all in the world of sexuality, right? Mm -hmm. All of it's a conversation about human sexuality. Humans are are particularly hung up on about two things, hung up on sex and they're hung up on money. This isn't a conversation (laughs) about money, but it's a conversation about sex. Right. And, you know- People have a purulent interest in sex, so they listen because yeah. we talk about sexy things. We talk about getting ass fucked and you know anal April, or we talked about <laughs> eating her pussy or whatever, and and they listen because you know they have a purulent interest. But also, yeah, we hear from people who say, you know, you've really helped me. You've really helped me distill some aspect of my life or distinguish something that I was thinking about, or yeah. you've given me courage, or I really empathize with your story, or you know, we just. Mm-hmm. We get like literally thousands of messages from people wow. who listen, who who are. I mean, we haven't had one negative comment about the podcast, not one. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned guests. Who's your favorite so far? Ooh, it's a great question. You know, we like everyone we talk to is a favorite guest. We've talked to some really interesting people. Like, for example, one of my favorite guests is a public figure that we talked to, a guy named Dan Savage who has a long political activist career. Oh, He's yeah, a gay I've, man. Seen, I've seen him on Bill Maher numerous times. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I so love him. Of, yeah. Exactly. He was one of my favorite guests because I've I bet. looked up to him. I've valued his p- political point of view. I've supported him. And to actually talk to him and have him share his life with us was such a- And he lives up here. And he lives here. It was such a wonderful experience. Oh, I didn't know to, that, yeah. To have a, a conversation with somebody of that magnitude. Huge. He was was one of my favorites. And then, you know, there's been a a plethora of others, but one person that comes to mind for us, I think because we're in a different phase of our life also, but this Mm -hmm. this kinkster on FetLife called Dex, he's been in the kink world for over 30 years as a leather man, but, and has explored Mm -hmm. extensively the whips. Like he's world renowned for his books that he's written on single tail whipping and, and the procedures mm-hmm. and he has YouTube videos and and one of the things that's great about him is he'll offer the information and training to anyone and he has he's very thorough and he worries about safety and he makes sure, sure. everyone is consensual. Right. But then on the same token, we happened on one of our podcasts to say something to him about well what about your other fetishes and he brought up wax and then he just lit up the microphone on wax 
Like I never knew wax could be this interesting, but he's talking about his commitment to wax play in the sense of 40 pounds of wax being melted at a certain temperature and all these things he does. And where I, what I took from that was, yes, wax is interesting to me personally. It's kind of messy. So you got to have the space for it. La, 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 la. But what I'm hearing him say is his complete authentic expression and and just love for that. And it came through, yeah. it just exuded through the microphone. And I was like, sure. how can you not listen to this? This yeah. is amazing. Even if I don't like yeah. wax. This yeah. is anyone, anyone who's passionate about something is a great guest. Well, his passion is amazing. He's passionate about um, sounding. He's passionate about bastinado, which is foot whipping. He's passionate hmm. about sensory play. He's passionate about um, the leather. The leather community is passionate about single tails. He's passionate about mm-hmm. food play. So he's got a lot of like kink passion, mm-hmm. and it it comes through the microphone in a really beautiful way. And he shares so authentically. And he's, and he's so an thorough. elder. We're, we we found mm-hmm. that when we interviewed some uh, prominent uh, people from the gay community, community. basically who are podcasters also and friends of ours, mm-hmm. one of the complaints they were saying based on what happened during the AIDS epidemic was we lost this generation of elders. Yeah. yeah. And then we have this- I'm from San Francisco. The- I'm from San Francisco yeah, originally. So yeah. I, I live, and I'm 60, 64, so I lived it. Yeah, yeah you absolutely, lived it. Yeah. And so there's this gap stop, and now we've got this new generation who may or may not appreciate where the, the where everything's, how we got here today, basically. Sure. And it's the same with kink. Um, we feel there's these elders that have this plethora of information, this, these gifts that, you know, we've got to catch it while we can because they won't be with us forever. Yep. I agree. So how did you learn about slob in the first place? Right. So as I mentioned, we were talking to mistress Diana Von, Diana Von Rigg about ball busting and she, she was like really telling us all about her ball busting and she's quite a vicious lady. And I asked her, well, do you do anything uh, that relates to pleasure? Is it, was, was it all just pain? And she said, no, no, no. I do pleasure, but not the way you think of it. I use this tool called the slurb. It's very intense. I don't let them off the hook. And I didn't quite understand it. So I asked her to talk more about it. And she shared that it's this really powerful toy. It's got a, a strap that goes around your cock and it vibrates at really high intensity. And it's got six levels and she's only ever been able to take uh, only one person up to level four. Most people have an orgasm before level two. Hmm. And she said, even it, it even makes flaccid men come. And hmm. I, was, I was quite, yeah, I was quite surprised by that. But anyway, yeah. so that led us to a conversation about slub with the German manufacturers. Now they don't speak English. So this is all happening through Google translate. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Good luck. And, yeah. And they said, you know, actually what I wanted to do was have them on the podcast, right? And they yeah. were like, well, we can come on the podcast, but we don't have an American distributor. Would you help us with that? <laughs> and I was like, oh. Hello. <laughs> hello. Yeah. You know, and so I thought about it and I was like, well, what do we have? You have a country of, you know, 330 million people. And it turns out that 70% of men at age 70 have erectile dysfunction. So there's an opportunity Jeez. here. Oh geez, right? uh, oh geez, something to look forward to in six years. Thanks a lot. <laughs> right. So yeah, so that just got us interested. So we started having a conversation with them, and one thing led to another, and we arranged an agreement to be their distributors, and that's how it happened. So tell me what's happened since that point. Okay. Well, um, 
Well, you should really, I think it's important to share the original story of how Michael came upon this. Because that's what makes it important. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'll tell you the origin story. So Great. Michael and his brother, um, Sandro, are master roofers in Germany. And so they're contractors, essentially. They're roofers. They, they, they yeah. do roofs. They do yes. roofs, right? Yes. And, Okey and, dokey. And they, and they were <laughs> fucking around with power tools, holding them up to their dicks. And he was like, well, Ooh, this is kind what of could, an What could possibly go I mean, just feeling the vibration and things like that, you know. Well, I, was gonna, I, was just, I, was just, I was just kind of imagining uh, yeah, exactly. Know, exactly. a, we were a table saw or something, you know. Well, well, actually, what he did was he was like, well, this is kind of a cool vibration. I like the way it feels. So he went down into his workshop and he attached a piece of rubber that he had to a reciprocating saw. And Ouch. he- yeah, now and he I'm scared. That, <laughs> I know, I know. He brought that to his cock, and he wasn't sure how it was going to feel. And he was or su- what would happen? Or, or what would happen? <laughs> but he was surprised. It actually gave him an orgasm, and it was quite gentle. And so he was like, "Huh, I'm going to fig- fiddle around with this." So he spent the next three years playing with materials and hiring, Design. yeah, designs and and hiring a um, a product specialist and sure. this, you know sourcing materials and, and eventually manufacturing this thing, getting a bank loan and all of that. Mm-hmm. And then and then he realized like he needed to do some research to find the right power tool because you can with something like this and considering where you're putting it, you want something that's not too powerful. Uh, right? yeah. You, you, you don't, don't want, want to just go down to Home Depot. Yeah. You don't want to yeah, go to Home it, Depot. It sounds like it sounds like it was only a few inches away from being a eunuch and a Darwin exactly. winner yes, all exactly. at once. Yes. I'm not even sure a few inches, but anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So so he spent the next three years like sourcing the machine, sourcing the materials, getting it manufactured and so on. And what he came up with is a tool called a multi-tool, which is a Originally designed to like be a saw, uh, like mm-hmm. a sander or something, but he right. found one that was you know a twelve volt version, mm. and uh, we we worked out an agreement with the factory, and now we have a tool that it works. So the um, tool itself is really incredibly powerful. It really like if if you think of it like this, Bruce, like the Hitachi tops out at around six thousand RPMs. Okay, so this has six levels, and they're not click over levels. It's like a rheostat. So you can just roll them up from one to six. It goes Mm -hmm. up to 18,000 RPMs from five. So it starts about as high as a Hitachi begins or ends. So Hitachi stops at six, this starts at five and it goes up to 18, 18,000 RPMs. And and the truth is, the truth is that you don't need to go to 18,000 RPMs because you have such an amazing experience. You know, what attracted us to the machine is that Men don't have the history of vibrational sexual stimulation. They just other don't than have using it. a woman's sex toy. Yeah, I mean, you can yeah. hold a, you can hold a Hitachi against your cock. It's not the same thing as having a three sixty up and down experience. This tool offers a, a superior vibrational experience for men compared to anything they've ever done. Yeah, and what's interesting about it is that there are two sets of nerves in the penis. You have okay. the nerve that is responsible for erection, and then you mm-hmm. have the nerve that's responsible for ejaculation. Okay. And the ejaculation nerve lives near the head of your penis, called the glands, and the um, erection nerves live near the base of your penis. 
And with this vibrational tool, you can actually stimulate both. You can go up and down and rest here and go up there and rest there and go up and down. Mm-hmm. And it causes the erection to be really profound. Like, like you, have, you have a very engorged penis as a result of it, sure. which, brings, which brings your e- ejaculation nerves right to the surface. And you know, very often men are coming like in 60 seconds. It's really impressive. And more importantly, more importantly, men who can't get an erection are coming because it's a powerful mm-hmm. enough tool that it can actually access the nerves that live near the glands, yeah. even if you don't have an erection, which ordinarily is required to bring the nerves to the surface. Sure. So when you consider that 40% of men at age 40 have erectile dysfunction and 50 at age 50 and 70 at age 70 and so on. Guess I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah, there's an opportunity. There's an yeah. opportunity to actually make a difference in men's sex lives. And more importantly, yes. there's a particular disorder in erectile dysfunction called ejaculation disorder. Okay. And the medical community currently considers it untreatable. Like you can't actually help somebody who can't have an ejaculation. Well, this wow. tool can actually change that. That's so awesome. It really is awesome. And so, you know, we're trying to get medical doctors engaged in doing some clinical research. We Which haven't... is always hard because it's a sex toy. It's a sex toy, right? So, so we're, we're, we're working on that. Yeah. And, um, but that's like, you know, so you, when you say what's, come, what's happened since then. So what's happened since then mm-hmm. is we've taken a shipment of slubs from Germany. We've started marketing and promoting the product, signing up affiliates and mm-hmm. selling, you know, e-commerce wise, selling product out into the world. Yeah. And on a gradient, we're introducing slub to the North American continent. That's awesome. And I, I assume the early adopters have mainly been men with erectile dysfunction. No, that's, no, an, that's actually, actually, not. <laughs> that's actually not true. The okay. early adopters are the pro-dom community because they can use hmm. it as an edging tool, as a forced orgasm tool as a, um, uh, a tool to make somebody come when they are, are told not to come. So the pro-dom, the pro-dom community digs it. That's why the pro-doms are all affiliates because they love it and they make their clients get it and then they charge them to use it. <laughs> you know? Oh, yes. Dominate them with dominate that. Yes. Uh, dominate that. But we do uh, have regular uh, clients. credit card yeah. with uh, the whole FinDom thing. Exactly. You yes. do that too, yeah. I'm starting. I'm starting to understand how FinDom works. So that sounds like a classic case. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your affiliate program. Why don't you give me some details? Okay, and good. And why people should join it? Okay, great. Thank you. So the affiliate program can be can be accessed at our website, which is slub-usa.com. There's a link for the individual affiliate program there. You can click on the menu item. It'll take you to the page. You can register to be an affiliate there. The reason you would do it is because every time somebody uses your unique discount code or your your Mm -hmm. unique code, you earn 20%, which is not bad. Ah. Uh, The product sells for $235, so that's a healthy chunk of change. So if you just had had five people do it in your your, – um, discount code, you get effect- effectively get a slub for free because you get mm-hmm. 20% off. So that's the reason to do it. And then we will give you unique discount codes to promote and so forth. So okay. it makes the affiliate program worthwhile. Hmm, interesting. What new attachments uh, are you going to be having for slub? So that's a great question too. You know, uh, Michael, who's the um, inventor, 
has been working on a few things. Like one of them is a hands-free stand. So you can just attach it and just let it do its thing, hmm. which is great because it's, it's not a light tool. It's a little bit heavy because it's a power tool. One of them is a universal adapter. So you can actually attach any insertable object to it. So it could become something that you can use with women or with, you know, ass play or whatever. That's true. And then the last thing he's working on, as far as I know right now, is a device that will allow prostate stimulation, electrical stimulation, while you're using the slub on the penis. Hmm. So you actually get that that power of uh, like controlled estum. The whole prostate stimulation thing has gotten very big, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I mean, you know, we have three sex organs. We have our cock, our balls, and our prostate. Those are our right. three sex organs. And most men don't really think about their prostate as a sex organ, but it absolutely is. Yeah. And, um, you know, having your prostate attended to by a loving partner is probably one of the most incredible sexual experiences you'll ever have. One thing I, I, I need to confirm about the slub, it, does it just work on the penis or does it also work on the balls? You can put it anywhere. It's a strap, right? The word slub mm-hmm. comes from the acronym of sling and rub. Mm-hmm. So you can wrap it around anything. But you don't want it. It should never be like form fitting. It's not tight. You yeah. should always have a finger width uh, in the Between give you. in the sling itself. Sure. Because the whole point is the vibration, not to have it strapped down, jerking it around. Yeah, you if know, you, that's you not strap it. it too tight on anything, it's going to cause skin abrasion, which is no fun. So no. we don't want that. So <laughs> not you down want there, loose. it's not. No, no. it's not. You, so you want it loose, but you also want to use a lot of silicon lube because the lube lasts. You can use water-based, but it- Sure. It, 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 but the silicone seems to last longer. Yeah. And so yeah. we actually ship it with silicon lube as well. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Um, how do most people use it? Do they just put it around their penis? Yes. Most people, most people um, who have a partner, their partner runs it. Right, so Lady Petra uses it on me, for example, mm-hmm. and and she she slides it up and down the penis, and she rests at the bottom and rests at the top until she's happy with the result. I'll, I'll just give you from my perspective because he's leaning back, enjoying it while I'm doing this. Um, one of the things that I was taken of when we were considering distributorship here, and and I had made comments before that there weren't any real selection for men on specific men toys. There were things like the fleshlight. Well, the guy has to then manually do it or his partner has to manually do it. Okay. And then there's like POV kind of computer generated fleshlight type things. Okay. But this was the first thing that was very set up for men specifically. Mm -hmm. And when I was using it, I knew it would be similar to my experience with clitoral stimulation, but Mm -hmm. I had no idea. He's aroused when we play. So I get that. I've seen it. I know what happens. But with this unit, when I kept it at the base, the actual arousal state of the penis, the girth that happened was pretty breathtaking. And as a woman, you know, everyone talks about having the big cock and 12, (laughs) 15, 20 inches long. And let's be honest, most women do not. that 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 would give me a bad back. I wouldn't want that. Well, and most women, quite frankly, I mean, listen, people can be size hounds, but the idea is no one wants a bruised uterus. So yes, and I it's live in never Asia, that so. cool because there's only six inches in there and it either goes to the right or the left and you yes. either move other body parts to get it all the way up there. 
Yeah. But what women think when women see the girth, oh yeah. my God, every woman I know who sees girth doesn't matter. It can't be a button, but if it's girthy, they're like, oh shit. Because if you think about it, women's other sex org- organ, the G spot, is only a few inches inside. Mm-hmm. And so it's the girth that is hitting that G spot. Yeah, when she had that mm. on me, that my my cock was so engorged. It was. It really, was huge. I've and, never mm. seen it get that big. Yeah, and it's, just, it's not just my experience. You know, Dirk Hooper, who's a publicist in the U.S. who does a lot of art, and uh, he's a kinky sort of character. Mm-hmm. He he recently reviewed the slab, and in his review, he notes that he got that engorged too. But it didn't just wasn't just then. The next time he had sex, he got equally as engorged, so it carried over. Wow. So there was there was a carryover effect on his ability to respond to that stimulation. Yeah, and then and, you know, then of course I I was curious. I don't have a penis, so I'm playing with his penis. So I'm engorging the base, and so then I move up to the middle and I watch it continue to engorge. Wow! And then I'm like devious, and I think to myself, <laughs> I'm going to make him come, and I go right up to the glands, and there you go. It's just wow. happening. There's like no That's and, cool. and it. And because I'm a switch, I'm dominant to others beyond Saffir. I thought, what wouldn't this be crazy if I just said, as I brought it up, now you're not allowed to come? Okay, could you imagine <laughs> the torture of that moment? <laughs> just, uh, I delicious. can, yes. <laughs> yeah, don't want to, but I can. Uh, I, I don't know. I just like pleasure. What can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're but yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a it's fascinating. It's def it's definitely fascinating. Hey, you're new in the whole pleasure products game. How yes. have you found the industry and the community so far? It's, it's interesting. You know, we're learning little by little about how this all works, and we're yeah. kind of outliers because we are so new at it. And right. so, so, you know, we're dealing with what any new business deals with, which is breaking into a, um, an industry. Yeah. Uh, we've had some resistance from certain carriers. We've had some acceptance from others, you know, so some of the, sure. the big stores like six, six, five leather and the, um, uh, the stock room are interested in carrying slab and they will. And others, yeah. yeah, others, others aren't. And so, you know, it's it's hard to say. We're still so new at it that we haven't really experienced the um, vagaries of distributing a product in the U.S. Like we've we've not encountered, mm-hmm. say, distributors, for example. Right. Right. So you know, when that comes up, it's going to be an interesting conversation. So right now yeah. we're so you're we're looking so you're looking for distributors to work with you. Not necessarily. What we're interested in is finding parallel products to co-market. You know, so we're uh. working with. We're working with a company that that makes a, a woman's seated um, uh, saddle style sex toy to be a, a partner of ours, mm-hmm. and hopefully that'll come together. In which case, it'll sort of launch us into a different category of distribution. You know, um, the the challenges that we have because it's a new product to the United States mm-hmm. is, the, and the factory for the machine is in China and COVID. And, but of, and, well, but of the, course, it's in China, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's in Shanghai and of course, Shanghai is largely shut down and the, the, the um, supply chain mechanics are really fucked up from COVID, but now double fucked up from the war in Ukraine. 
Yep. So, you know, so we've got some considerations there um, to deal with. So we're just dealing with things we've never had to consider because sure. up until now we've been, you know, podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 you know, um, we've just enjoyed playing with each other. Now we're suddenly, you know, teaching at DomCon and we're invited mm-hmm. to speak on platforms like yours. And we're sort of introducing ourselves as Kingsters with this product to the community. And in some cases, wonderful receptivity. And in some cases, a little bit of suspicion and pushback. Yeah, I find this industry, unfortunately, you have to be around a while before you're accepted in some ways. And I've been in it for over 20 years. In some ways, I still don't feel completely accepted, unfortunately, because it's very clicky. Yeah, yeah. I think also I notice even if you just go through trade shows as a female, I I notice Mm -hmm. it's very female centric in the sense of the kind of products that are available, the plethora of products available. True. And so when you come up with a man's toy, it's like, well, come on. I mean, that you get a little pushback in that area. But Hmm. what makes this different is this really is one of the first, it's not a um it's not a female toy that has been made to fit for men it's Mm -hmm. actually a man's man's toy like guys would go grr yeah this is my toy you know that kind of thing (laughs) and i think sometimes um the industry is like well we want it to be sexy and demure and it needs to be this well i don't know we talked to maybe not we talked to a woman who is theoretically a big shot in the sex toy community Mm-hmm. And she was very standoffish. She didn't even mm-hmm. want to. She not, was like, it wasn't sexy enough, sexy or it wasn't enough, enough gonna, appeal for women. And I was yeah, like, this is made for yeah, men, not for women. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's going to be a hard sell. It's not going to be yeah. easy. You know. Are and, you and, gonna? I'm sorry. Are you gonna go to the um, to any of the industry, the pleasure products industry events? We will. Yeah. I mean, it's early days for us, and we don't have a right. huge budget for this. We need to see yes. movement. Yeah. So it's going to we're, we're sort of grass we're sort of grassrooting bootstrapping it, right? And and we're just trying to see if we can create a traction of the device mm-hmm. on its own. And once we get yeah. to a certain point, e-commerce is going to drive our conversation for the most part. I think also to the partnerships we're building with some of these other companies who may choose to align yeah. with us, as well as we've got the the new Lube company that has another mm-hmm. product with itself. That right. is very specific yeah, to so, ours. So that's an interesting company. They're called Pulse. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they manufacture, you know, they've they're actually an eight million dollar company. Hmm. Uh, they manufacture um, a very specific set of lubes and a lube distribution device. Right. And their target audience are women of a certain age, right? So who are the women of a certain age? These are fifty plus year old women who are menopausal yeah. or postmenopausal. Right. And now they have access to a quick lube distribution. Oh, warmed. Warmed. Where you place your mm. hand under and it dispenses so the you, perfect amount of lube. So you don't need to Lovely. open a bottle or anything, right? Right. And and so like that's their target market. And and guess who's guess who they have as partners? Well, they have men of right. a certain age. Yes. So so it's who a great might, opportunity. Who might, have, for, who might have problems, yeah. Who yeah, might yeah. have some exactly. Got so it. so part, partnering it. with companies like that. So we're taking mm-hmm. a more of a holistic look at it. We're not sort of like like exclusively focused on the sex toy industry part. We're also looking at the erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. industry part. Right. And we believe that we can tackle this from both sides. So we yeah. can we can get um, early adopters like ProDoms to be affiliates and sell it. We can get uh, you know men who discover us through podcasts like this 
to buy it directly from us and we can partner with companies that manufacture similar sex toys and we can partner with medically oriented companies that potentially yes. reach into the market differently and yeah. we're trying to get medical research undergoing um underway. and running workshops where we can actually in smaller in that community space demonstrate you yeah. know right. i can bring a submissive in to demonstrate to other people how they can use this, how they can, you know, you could, you could think about being able to highlight this in multiple ways, spark up the marriage, spark up a relationship, dominate it, a relationship, what have you, yeah. but being able to show them because they just, they've never been exposed to something like this. So that's part of the thing. Yeah. Yes. It's very cool. Yeah, indeed. Well, it still might not be a bad idea to go to the January shows, AVN yeah. and, and XBiz. And there's also yeah. an interesting show in, um, Hong Kong next month. Oh, um, and then in November, it's strictly B2B in Macau. Uh, I've mm -hmm. wor actually worked with that guy at one time or another. We can discuss it. Anyway, okay. um, so where else is Slub being sold now? So we have uh, patent protection in eight countries. So huh? in the United States and Canada, North America, we also are selling it in Europe at with the original Slub store. And they are in um, Great Britain, Germany, France, Switzerland, Belgium, Holland, and Italy. And there, and the goal is with Michael is to create a global market. Yeah, so of our course. intention is to do that over the, over time. Of course. How is it doing in the other international markets? Well, he only started um, selling about you know in 2020 and he originally started right. selling just the attachment and then mm -hmm. gradually he sort of got a machine and so really it's only been about a year that he's been selling and he's probably he's probably sold about you know 1500 units since he started okay so and he doesn't he passively sells he, he's very <laughs> passive we're trying to be a little more um forward thinking about it and you know yeah. we're trying to take a bigger picture look and we're trying to build sure. a structure a system and a structure for selling that we can then turn around and bring to his other countries in europe so our intention is to develop um, an infrastructure of selling here in the united states and canada and then right. take it to germany and to great britain and then expand out to holland uh, you know france and so forth so do you have those other markets as well yeah so we're we, you know, he's our partner, so we mm -hmm. aren't just his distributor. He actually is a, a shareholder in our company, and okay. he's he's part of like together. We've aligned. We've yeah. aligned to bring you know gotcha. our business model uh, concepts to his distribution systems in Europe. That leaves him available to continue to invent new yeah. new product. Right, right, right. right which is his role, definitely, and he's yeah, obviously yeah, sure. done a great job. Yeah. That's fantastic. This sounds like a really exciting ground floor thing for you. It, it is. I'm excited about it. I think it's lovely. It's wonderful. It's completely aligned with who we are as sexual creatures. Yeah, and I just think if you could provide an opportunity for some man or someone with male parts to have an experience like this, yeah. why not? Yeah. Why not? Well, especially especially if they, they can't uh, get erect. Or they can't come. That's but, but my even God, if what can, a gift. I can tell you, Bruce, I've I'm sixty-three, right? Mm -hmm. I have never had a sexual experience like that. Ever. Wow. It's it's literally mind blowing. And wow. I think, you know, the idea with COVID that woke a lot of us up to who and not necessarily us as much as people that were alone, but people were isolated. And to be oh, able yeah. to have a toy 
where you mm-hmm. could be either privately playing or uh, sexting and playing mm-hmm. or yeah. video zooming or have a dominant right. someplace else or what have you, whatever you make yeah. up. That's a new concept for men other than yeah. just the good old hand. Sure. Oh, yeah. The hand has its limitations. There's no two ways about it. Let's face it. Stameth opposable thumbs. I mean, the, the hand does because this yeah. is why women love the Hitachi. And this yeah. is why yes. I love the Hitachi. Yeah. yeah, I'm all thumbs, actually. I understand you have a discount code for our listeners. Why don't you do. tell them give, what it is? Yeah, we're giving your, your listeners a $20 discount. Nice. They can use the code INTRO20 when they check out at slub-usa.com. Beautiful. Well, anyone out there who has uh, gotten uh, as enthralled by this as I have during our interview should definitely check it out. Sapphire Master and Lady Petra, I'd like to thank you again for being our guests today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon so we can get an update. Great. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Pleasure was all mine. My broker tip today is part 10 of what to do to make your site more valuable for when you decide to sell it later. Last week, we talked about what information to give a potential buyer and what determines the value of a site. We'll continue that today. If a site hasn't been monetized, then it's all about the amount and the quality of the traffic. If a sale is based on traffic, it will be a multiple of what the traffic would sell for on the open market. What are the sources of traffic? Direct traffic, search engine traffic, and review traffic are the most valuable. Tube traffic is the least valuable. Is the traffic reliable and sustainable? What is the traffic history? In a rare case, the valuation will be based upon revenue. The same factors apply to that as to profit, and the valuations will, of course, be lower than those of profits. How old is the website? Is the domain a .com or something else? .com is still king. How many inbound links are there? How much staff does it take to run the site? How many email addresses do you have? In the case of a dating site, that is very important. Another factor can be the reverse engineering cost. How much would it cost to build the site from scratch and drive the same amount of traffic to it, and how much time would be involved? What's the lifetime value of a customer on the site? Next week, how to buy a website. And... Next week, we'll be speaking with Jerry from Baldo. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guests, Saffir Master and Lady Petra from Slub USA. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>